Wait, 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 wait. Don't skip ahead just yet. I know you were about to. Chances are, if you're listening to this podcast, then you'll love mine too. If you like podcasts that break down all of your favorite water cooler reality TV shows like The Real Housewives or big budget movies like Wakanda Forever, then this is the podcast for you. Subscribe to my podcast, Reality and Comics 2, and listen to episodes like my interview with Robin Dixon of The Real Housewives of Potomac or my interviews with your favorite bombshells from Love Island, USA. That's Reality and Comics 2. And I'm Kendrick. See you there. You're invited to I Am The Cute One, the most chaotic school dance in the podcast universe. Let's spike the punch, grind to Usher, and recap some of the cutest movies that made our millennial minds explode. Hello, I am Chelsea, and I am the cute one. And I am Donnie, and I am the cute one. But we are here with the true cute one. We have the genius brain and handsome face, Millennial Kyle, with us. Hi. Hello. Thank you both for having me. Oh, my God. Thank you for coming. Kyle, while you're here, can you teach me how to do a body roll? Because (laughs) I took Zoom dance classes during quarantine, and I had to angle the camera so that the class only saw my shoulders and head because I cannot do a body roll. So people have asked, like, where did this start? And honestly, (laughs) I don't even remember. So at mine and my husband's wedding, we I danced to I Want to Dance with Somebody by myself. I did the solo routine, went through all the tables. Love that. And I think that's where it started. <laughs> so ever since then, I'm like, I got to throw this into all the TikToks. It, it's it's uh, a must now. It's a must. Well, it's so good. If there's going to be a signature move, that is the one to have. Exactly. And a perfect signature <laughs> move to have for this week's episode because we are covering center stage. And I just want to give a warning at the top of this episode that I will be at some point referring to this movie as Save the Last Dance. Because in my brain, they were the same movie. Like, I genuinely was wondering where Julia Stiles was, like, until, like, way too late in this movie. Like, halfway through the movie, I was like, oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. It's not the same. Wow. So you thought you were watching a Julia Stiles movie, but instead of bringing her in, they just had a bunch of nobodies for the first half. She was the big reveal. I was like, they're really leading with this suspense. They're building up this appearance. Oh, wow. Okay. Now, Donnie, I know you saw this, but Chelsea, did you see this movie? I, Donnie's going to kill me. I, If it wasn't apparent by me waiting for Julia Stiles, this was my first viewing of this okay, movie. Yes. And I'm just going to get it out of the way. I fucking hated it. I hate this movie so much. Like two hours. I was texting Donnie a lot of hateful things during my watch. But one thing I texted him was, Jesus Christ, there is so much fucking dancing in this movie. But (laughs) that's what it's about. Like, (laughs) you did text me that, but that's like saying you're mad there's witchcraft in the craft. But I like witchcraft. (laughs) Well, I love dancing. I will say... This was my first time, and my friend Allie was extremely disappointed. She goes, what, what do you mean you haven't seen Center Stage? I said, I, this, this is it. She goes, I, I can't with you right oh. now. I am very upset. Yeah, I bet Allie said, I am the best goddamn dancer at this school. And <laughs> yes, who the hell did. are you, Kyle? Yeah. Nobody. Oh, sweet Allie. Well, Allie, if you're listening to this, maybe just turn it off. Maybe just turn <laughs> off this episode. <laughs> no, Allie, I'm here to support you. I love that. I love that. I like this movie. <laughs> so let's talk about Center Stage. This movie came out on May 12th, 2000. It was, you guessed it, a Friday. <laughs> and the top five songs in the United States 
on this day were Santana's Maria Maria, Tony Braxton's He Wasn't Man Enough, Faith Hill's Breathe, Cisco's Thong Song, and Say My Name by Destiny's Child. All good ones. Classic. What a week to be alive. Truly. And I'm going to save my story about the time I caused a riot in my fifth grade classroom by including the thong song on a mix CD that I made my dad burn for my class because I want to focus on something else exciting that happened on this day. Millennium Force opened at Cedar Park Amusement Park in Sandusky, Ohio, as the world's tallest and fastest roller coaster. And I want to know from the two of you, were you guys like amusement park kids? Did you get down with roller coasters or were you like absolutely the fuck not? I was obsessed. I am like the higher, the faster, the better. Just put me on it. I don't care what it is. I want to go on it. I need it. But a couple of my friends didn't, so they'd hang back. But we always, I was, yeah, I was obsessed. Love them. As a little kid, I'm terrified of heights. So as a little kid, that translated to roller coasters. But now as an adult, I'm okay with roller coasters because you're just up high for like a second Mm -hmm. and then you're down again. It's the anticipation. That's what it is. Yes. Yeah. What? Bothers me more is like when you're on a water slide and you have to walk up all those steps first. Oh, no. That I can't do. I, I like crawl up the anxiety steps. attack. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah. I think I hate roller coasters, but I also have tremendous FOMO. So I was the person like I still did all the things and I did not enjoy myself, but like I did everything. And then combined with that, I am the type of person that if there is like one single loop-de-loop, I will be barfing. So I just like (laughs) normalized throwing up in a lot of amusement park trash cans. Like I was that person in Roller Coaster Tycoon that it's like, you got to make a trash can outside of the (laughs) roller coaster because they will be barfing immediately. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god, I forgot about that game. Ugh, never forget. <laughs> but the people still like amusement parks, the concept with COVID, I haven't been to one, I think, in like five years. They're just the concept of going to an amusement park now is just so different. Yeah. And I don't know if it's just because I haven't been, but it's crazy. Yeah. I thought about going to Disney World during quarantine when they opened back up because they like were really strict with masks and stuff. And I felt like if any place you're not going to get COVID is Disney because of the magic. And then I was like, oh, but it is in Florida. So, right. So you might get it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, not to bring it back to my barfing, but now my memory <laughs> is triggered. I think the worst barf I ever did. Do you guys remember? I have to imagine these are no longer allowed to be a thing because we were just like reckless in the 90s and early aughts with amusement park rides. But do you remember it was a ride that literally just went in a circle and you would like stick to the walls? Oh, those like sliding panels. Yes, you weren't buckled in or anything. It was literally just gravity would suck you to the walls. I threw up on that ride and it came out and hit me in the (laughs) face. Oh, no. I can yeah. do loops like upside down loops, but I can't spin in a circle at all. So like okay. I've never been on that ride my entire life. But I do know there are crazy fucks that used to like turn themselves upside down on it. Yeah, yeah, no, thank you. That's the one because your chest feels like someone's literally standing on you. I'm like, no, I'm all set. I'll be buckled in. I'll do the roller coaster yeah. that's like a thousand feet high. But that one, I think I'm all set. I'd rather just have a man stand on my chest. <laughs> than Maybe that's why millennials are so obsessed with weighted blankets. It's like associated with our childhood trauma of just being yeah. sucked in with like an elephant on your chest. I'm not going to bath now because now I'm trapped under this blanket. Right. Oh my God. <laughs> 
All right. Well, as much as I could continue to talk about my bodily function, let's take this conversation over to the community page at thedip.com. Let me know if you were a barfer, if you were a roller coaster rider, if you've been to an amusement park in the last five years. It's a great way to join the conversation, connect with your favorite content creators, and express yourself. So head over to thedip.com, that's dip with two Ps, and join in. All right. Well, I think I've stalled long enough. So let's get into this movie. Donnie, do you have any background trivia or tidbits for us today? I do, a little bit. So the writer is Carol Heikenheinen. That's probably not how you pronounce it, but <laughs> it's how I pronounce it. And she wrote The Thing Called Love with Sandra Bullock and River Phoenix, and also Empire Records. And then the director, Nicholas Heitner... Everything he's directed has been an adaptation of a play, like The Crucible, The Madness of King George, The History Boys, all these other things, except Center Stage and The Object of My Affection, the Jennifer Aniston movie where she marries her gay best friend. So Mm. that's strange. (laughs) I have (laughs) follow-up questions. Go on. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, but I mean, that's theatrical. Mm. So the only bit of trivia I have for this movie is out of the young cast, Eric and Maureen are the only two actors in the movie. Everyone else was a professional ballet dancer, which brings me to this was Zoe Saldana's first movie because she was a professional ballet dancer. Oh, yeah. And then she made the switch, I guess. That tracks. Nobody else did. Yeah. Well, you can tell why she was the one from this movie. (laughs) I mean, who else was it going to be? For God's sake, not Jodie Sawyer. So before we get into the plot of this movie, I want to know what characters, if any, do you guys identify with? You know what it was? So I want to be Ava. And I think, one, because she's from Boston. Two, mm-hmm. she's a badass bitch. She doesn't take shit from anybody. And it's, right. it's always Saldana. So like, I want to be her. But who are you? Who am I? Donnie with the heavy hitters. Yeah, I hear a lot of I want to be. Let's say today I am Ava. I'd say I okay. definitely want to be here. As a kid, I was super quiet. Okay. I had you know, a couple of friends, but I've progressed to build up to Ava. See, I had the reverse story. I was her growing up in terms of lighting a match and burning shit to the ground and burning bridges like all the time. And then as I've gotten older, I don't know who I identify with in this movie. <laughs> I, you know, I think I might be Jodie Sawyer. And the only reason I'm saying this is because I hate her so much. I hate this character with a burning, fiery passion. And typically that means I have to do some introspective work of like, what is it about this character that's triggering me so bad? Because I truly like, and I will get to it, but halfway through this movie, I was like, this might be the one. Jodie Sawyer might be the reason this podcast ends because I can't continue. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> wow, that is uh-huh. that is heavy. I think I am a mix of people. So I think I'm the dance teacher from Broadway Dance Center. The dance the shit out of it. I think I'm her. Yes. Oh, I love her. I think I'm Maureen's mom because I am like bossy and want things my way. Okay. And I think I'm Cooper's ex because she lived for the tea. Anytime anything awkward was going around, that bitch was always smirking. So those three are me. Oh, that's so true. Okay, I'm changing my answer based on that because you know I love to make us a pair. I think I'm Cooper. Like, I would make an entire production and find a way to still perform in it so that it could be like me reading my diary out loud. (laughs) 
<laughs> uh, and that makes me feel mentally better that I'm not Julie. So let's move on. <laughs> also, her name's Jody, not Julie, but that's okay. That shows how much you hate All right. It. So before we dive into the plot, Kyle, can you give us a synopsis in one minute or less? Yes. Here we go. So I'm going to say it's about a group of young adults slash teens. I really don't know their age. <laughs> trying to fit into this prestigious school in New York called American Ballet Academy. All while trying to balance their personal life and trying to impress Zaddy, Jonathan Reeves. Amen. <laughs> I think he's a Zaddy. Yeah. I think he's a Zaddy. Oh, for Love sure. It. Yeah. The blue eyes, the black hair. He looked like Prince Eric from Little Mermaid. He, did, he had the slick back hair and everything. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He was one of the few people in this movie I could. Okay. So, Kyle, it's important for you to know. I suffer from a self created an identified affliction called face blindness. And he was one of the only characters that I could recognize because I truly felt like this movie was like a midterm exam, truly testing the limits of my face blindness. Because the fact that I am supposed to tell all of these skinny blonde bitches apart when they are literally wearing the exact same clothes and hairstyle, like it made me feel like I was clicking the little squares to prove I'm not a robot. And then we met Maureen's love interest and Charlie from Chicago. And I was like, I no, said enough. Those boys do not look like the girls. Yes, you have a point. All the blonde haired girls, yes. they all look the same they had the same face yeah. structure yes but not the boys the two, yeah one's dark hair one's blonde well, i could tell cooper <laughs> yeah. but the two brown-haired boys like one of them needs to be red marine's boyfriend you mean yeah marine's boyfriend and then charlie from chicago or no whatever. because here's why marine's boyfriend looks like an actor like he looks like he could be in other things where charlie looks like a male ballerina that you should only see from like an audience that's far away, not a major motion picture. Like he looks like he belongs in the cast of Saved. Oh. You understand? Boo. What okay. that means. All right. All right. All right. Well, let's jump in before Donnie cancels us again. <laughs> Always. Every week I try. Every week. This movie begins at the American Ballet Academy auditions where we learn that only 12 people on the whole planet will be accepted. And I know that this movie predates ABC, Shonda, but this ragtag team of lucky scholarship recipients is giving big Grey's Anatomy season one vibes. Like we meet all of the people. So while Jodie Sawyer is practically jizzing her leotard with excitement, (laughs) Ava smokes a cigarette and considers working at Hooters instead. We also meet star student Maureen, TV hottie and super famous Cooper Nelson, and a bunch of other people, including Eric Oprah Jones, Sergey, and Charlie from Seattle. So many fucking people right off like the bat. Like within 30 seconds, uh-huh. truly. I literally had to rewind it a couple times. I'm like, okay, who's this person? I can't do names in movies. Faces, absolutely. I'm like, okay, that okay. person's from this movie. So you're really fucked this movie because that's what we normally do is we're like, and then Julia Stiles did this and then Lindsay Lohan did this. But in this movie, uh, yeah. no, <laughs> we're not doing that at all. Oh yeah, Kyle, I should have DM'd you beforehand <laughs> to just let you know, you don't need to be professional and know people's names because as I've just said, I thought her name was Julie. So here we go. It's a J. It's fine. It works. So speaking of how Donnie talks about how we introduce characters, Sandy Cohen is the choreographer and he gives a super motivational pep talk where he's basically like, hey, you're probably not going to make it, but good luck. And we learn that even though everybody in the room was the best dancer in other rooms, he's only going to take three boys and three girls after this workshop to dance in the company. 
Now, I don't want to brag, but I too was a pretty amazing ballerina because when I was four, my parents took me to a ballet class at our local community center. And as I've said many times on this podcast, because I was an actual demon, I terrorized the group, refused to listen, and ended up kicking my teacher in the shins, which led her to suggest to my mom that she signed me up for soccer and the rest is history. Wow, that's your origin story. <laughs> there it is. So, Donnie, you've shared your experience in the beginner's hip-hop dance class. But, hey, Kyle, we know about the body role. Would you consider yourself to be a good dancer? So, I did take a dance class briefly mm-hmm. for a year. I think when I was like six. But the three things that I remember is it was a Peter Pan-themed I know there was following the leader we danced to with with some type of leapfrog. I don't know what part of the dance that was in, but I know there was leapfrog. But the one thing that I was so concerned about was the costume. I'm like, okay, yeah, the dance moves. That's fantastic. Pointing to, okay, yes. But when am I getting the sequence (laughs) pants and hat? Is that coming tomorrow? That's all I cared about was the outfit. Were you all dressed like Peter Pan or were some of you lost boys and stuff? It was me and one other guy. We had the checkered white and black pants the sequence hat, sequence shoes, and then the girls were ballerinas. But I think oh. the girls jumped over us. <laughs> this, a video somewhere. I'll have to like put it on my Instagram oh my story. God, I gotta find it. If you find it. When my middle sister was little, she was a dancer. And one year, I don't know what song it was, but they all dressed in a different costume representing a different country. My sister was Germany, whatever. But then all the little girls had like a dancer's build except for one little pudgy girl and the dance teacher (laughs) made her crawl through the legs of everybody else so these little (laughs) these little girls were like falling over because because she was crawling between their legs it was very cute but like in in hindsight like that is fucked up she's probably traumatized she's like they're all falling over she probably can't get anything on the floor now because she has PTSD like (laughs) that's so raven she just flashes and sees I truly hope that that girl is not a listener of this podcast because you know how you're always told like you need to let go of your anxieties nobody remembers that that's only in your head you're the main character of your own life now we have Donnie on a national (laughs) national look at me (laughs) on a platform being like hey do you remember let me tell you about this time yeah and then call her pudgy now he's gonna dm Donnie I was too, girl. I was too. Don't worry. So while Eva has a bad attitude, Jody is just bad. Like, really, really bad. She's not very turned out. She has bad feet. And while she's pretty, she doesn't have the ideal body type. Have either of you ever been, like, embarrassingly bad at anything? Oh, God. Yep. Um, basically, every sport growing up, my parents were like, let's see what he likes. You know, I tried soccer. They were super supportive. I think I cried at every sporting event I went to. And I said, nope, can't do this. So I ended up going into band in high school. That was like my safe space. Everything else, I bawled my ass out. Like, I can't do this. I don't really do things I'm bad at. So, like, I did try soccer. But then after one game, I, like, told my mom, no, absolutely not. I'm yep, not this isn't working. Yes. And then I have this thing where, like, if I know I'm bad at it, then I'm bad on purpose mm-hmm. so that I can act like I'm over it. So, like, for the soccer game, I just stood there and didn't even try. When my dad tried to make me learn how to catch, I just stood there. Let and- the ball hit you in the face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my nose. Marsha. Marsha, Marsha. 
Oh, God. Don't say it, Kyle. I've been getting away with not uh, covering the Brady Bunch. You're putting it back in the orbit. Sure I. Oh, God. <laughs> I was the reverse. So I am the sporty twin of this podcast. So sports, I could like pick up a stick and figure out what to do with it. But then my junior year of high school, I just decided on a whim, because that's what I do, that I was going to become a cheerleader. For reference, no rhythm. <laughs> Failed the sit and reach during the presidential fitness test. Like, that's what I was working with. So they put me on the team. I don't know why I made it, but it came time for the first game. And I became the first cheerleader in our school's history to be benched. <laughs> like, I was so bad at the cheers and I couldn't remember them. Oh. I was causing a scene that they were like, hey, Chelsea, why don't you just like, sit down over there and just watch us, like just watch us and learn. And then after that, I was like, all right, I got to throw in the towel. I'll do indoor track. That's fine. Oh, I'm so <laughs> pissed at you right now. I feel like Big Red from Bring It On. I feel like you got put on the cheerleading squad and you fucked it up. <laughs> like all, you, you did the hard part. You were already there. You were already picked. Oh, I'm oh jealous. <laughs> <laughs> when you did the presidential fitness, both of you guys, did you have to wear white socks for it? Or was that just my school? What's the presidential fitness? It was like a period of time that everybody <laughs> reflects on very traumatically. I loved it. It was like you would run the mile. You would do pull-ups. <sighs> you would do like... Shuttle run. Uh -huh, yeah. All those. And then the fucking sit and reach. No, I... Mm -hmm. I was not aware there was a dress code of white socks. Yeah, we didn't have that either. So I guess it was just my elementary school then. We had to wear white socks because they said if you wore colored socks and you had a cut on your foot, the dye would leak into your foot and you would die, possibly. <laughs> so now I know that's not like an overall rule. It's just, just Benjamin Rush Elementary. But <laughs> yeah. aren't you doing PE all year long? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We were never allowed to wear it. Oh, hats. like that was a year long thing. It wasn't just like, okay, for this week, we don't want you to die. But the rest of the time, wear those blue no, socks. No, white socks all the time. But then during presidential fitness, he like really stressed huh. it. Yeah, that mile was traumatizing. And then being like, okay, let's go to biology after. That's totally <laughs> fine. You're just drenched in sweat and Terrible. disgusting clothes. Like, okay, sure, that works. Yeah. Why not? When I got older, though, I learned some tricks. Because when I was little, it used to take me like 15 minutes to run the mile. Awful. The only... Yeah, awful. <laughs> so um You've talked about who you beat in the mile already on this podcast. <laughs> okay, good. So, so yeah, there was only one girl I beat. But then when I got older, then I just knew like to lie and say I was on a lap more than I was. Mm -hmm. That's how you learn to live, baby. <laughs> I'm still stuck on the white socks. You know that that rule came to be because some kid was showing up like sockless and smelled so bad. Oh, and the PE yeah. teacher was like, we got to come up with something because I can't be smelling those feet. That's probably true. What a barefoot of the trash. <laughs> yeah, like Tom and Huck over there. <laughs> oh, there goes Huckleberry Finn. He's just going for his mile run. It's fine. Like what you're hearing? Head to patreon.com slash I am the cute one for more. There you can find uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes. That's patreon.com slash I am the cute one. See you there. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Cuties, you know I cannot see a movie without pretending I'm in it, and now it's your turn. Have you ever tried to use the force when no one's looking or thought about what superheroes would win in a fight? Then you'll want to stop what you're doing, (laughs) unless you're driving, and visit Sideshow.com. Your eyes do not deceive you. They have a life-size, impeccably detailed replica of the child from Star Wars The Mandalorian. Now, I don't mean to brag, but Sideshow did send me the child. I call him Baby Yoda. I have since learned that is not his name, but he is my son now, so I will be continuing to call him as such. And we have been playing dress up, having photo shoots, and just having a grand old time. But if that one doesn't speak to you, how about a movie-accurate statue of Christopher Reeve as Superman? They got that too. But just wait until you see the incredibly lifelike figures of Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. We are thrilled to have Sideshow sponsoring our podcast today. They offer a wide selection of premium figures, statues, and fine art from the worlds of Star Wars, DC, Marvel, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, and so much more. These limited edition, handcrafted, officially licensed collectibles bring pop culture's biggest icons to life in your home. And here is the best part. You can get an exclusive $50 off your first order of two hundred dollars or more it's a great opportunity for new customers to dive into the world of high quality collectibles or you can gift it to that super geek in your life perhaps that person in your life that you know would cringe when they hear that i've been letting my daughter sleep with my baby yoda and again that i refuse to stop calling it baby yoda plus shopping at sideshow earns you five percent back in sideshow rewards meaning for every one hundred dollars spent you get five dollars back in rewards that can be used on future purchases while geeking out is its own reward your collection goes farther with sideshow so what are you waiting for visit sideshow.com promo code cute one right now and get ready to let your geek side show oh that's clever sideshow like sideshow.com I get it. Everybody starts to bond, and after a night of drinking, dancing, purging, and pretending to be in the mafia to hook up with cougars, the chaotic cohort shows up to rehearsal still clearly wasted, and they are promptly kicked out and forced to clean all of the studio rooms as punishment. So when I have a big night out, I have a fun little thing that happens where I convince myself that everybody I've ever met hates me, but these assholes don't seem to have any hangover anxiety because they aren't concerned at all about being booted from practice and instead just like have a casual cleaning supply fight. Right. And this is after everyone's been telling Jody how much she sucks. And then she comes in drunk, sucks even more. So I do have a few things to talk about everything you just said. Jody and Charlie are too fucking white to try to show off at a salsa club. They looked <laughs> as bland as Maureen's pizza, oh, no. which brings me to my next point. We know Maureen strictly sticks to leafy greens. So when she's on her date, she feels obliged to eat this pizza. 
But that pizza looked like shit. Imagine you never eat real food, and then when you do, it's pizza that looks like it's been out all day. It looked like the school cafeteria, like <laughs> oh quintessential square old sitting pizza. I can taste it right now. I can too. It's like sitting out for hours. Just like, yep, I'm going to eat It's this. like, why is the cheese so hard and yet still so squishy? Yep. And it just had the, the sauce had that off taste, but it was, you just knew it was cafeteria uh-huh. pizza. I also hated, well, let me go on a more of a tangent. I also hated the portrayal of them still being drunk because I've been drunk the next day. And like all the bad parts of being drunk is what happens when you're still drunk the next uh-huh. day. Yeah, you're it's not, not like fun anymore. and fun. No. Yeah, you're not jumping around. No. These yeah. bitches were like telling jokes. She's like, oh, break it. You buy it. You don't do that when you're drunk the next day. <laughs> go get the fuck away from me. I'm going to go, sit. Yeah, I'm gonna go exactly. sit in this whole corner and just cry a little <laughs> yeah. bit. <laughs> yeah. One time in college. I drank a whole box of wine with my friend and I woke up naked the next day at the table and then we had to build the set for the musical so we both went in and like I was still very clearly drunk but in a way where I could vomit at any second Uh not when I'm throwing soap at each other yeah yeah (laughs) I (laughs) I have a really bad one of these stories okay so now I'm a very safe driver I have kids I drive like a grandmother I've gotten it together in college, different type of story, different type of driver. And I had gotten a reckless endangerment ticket where I could have almost lost my license because I was going like way, 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 way too fast in a very, very low speed limit area. And then when I was pulled over, the cop asked me why I was speeding. And I said it was my roommate's 21st birthday and I wanted to get home. (laughs) He didn't let me off with a warning that time. So I had to go to like a driver's ed course where you had to basically be like, I promise I'll be a better driver. (laughs) I went out the night before and I was not still drunk. So at least I wasn't (laughs) like drunk driving there, but it was I mean, it's not worse because I wasn't drunk driving there, but it was almost worse because it was at like 1 p.m. So it was like my hangover had just set in where I hadn't like gotten myself together. But we had gone to a tall tea party the night before where, you know, college. So why wouldn't tall tea parties be a theme? And so we were all just wearing tall teas that we had decorated. And then I had spent the night out, woke up, had to get my shit together, had to like get a ride to my car. And then this place was 45 minutes away. So I show up to this like remedial driver's ed course wearing a decorated tall tee, clearly like rolling in from a night out. And I had to sit in this class for like eight hours. I was like, this is, this is bad. Uh, Yeah. I had a moment in college, we were drinking and whatever. And the RA, mm-hmm. they walked in and there was a bottle there. So we all got caught. We had to take Okta. You guys heard of the Okta class? Uh-uh. If you take it's about I'm like, familiar. it's an education <laughs> yeah. course. Yeah. And I remember this guy came in and he was a criminal and he goes, okay, everyone raise your hand. Who here is a criminal? We're all looking at each other like, oh, well, we're not. And he goes, no, you're all criminals. You're uh-huh. all, you're all criminals. Everyone should be raising their hand right now. We're all sitting there like, <laughs> like okay, we're sorry. We won't do it again. God. Like this guy definitely just got out of jail. Like he, they're just like, yeah, let's throw him in this class and just oh scare the God. shit out of all these guys. Yeah. I never knew anyone that went to really one of those scared straight things before, but you were there. I was there. That's like the college equivalent of dare. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> like the dare officer would come in and be like, hello, children. You know what will definitely help you and not pique your interest at all? Let me tell you every single way you can do drugs. <laughs> 
So this is not an important plot point, but I do need to mention it because it was the first time that I experienced true joy watching this movie. And you've referenced it, Donnie, but we need to talk about this pop dance class that Jody and Cooper take. I was crying laughing the bandana the humping like 10 out of 10 i wish the whole movie took place in this dance class i want a spin-off i want to know what that dance instructor is doing today like i need all the details dance the shit out of it but chelsea that is a real dance class <gasps> studio in new york city so when you visit we can go together it's called broadway dance center and you can just go like there's no recital there's no like whatever you can go whenever you have free time to any kind of dance class you want now we'll both be terrible of course (laughs) course. but But it'll be fun we'll dance the shit out of it (laughs) important question though is will that dance teacher still be there from the movie because she needs to be there amazing (laughs) if she doesn't i'll do it for her i'll take her place (laughs) yeah i'll just yell that in the class and the real teacher will be like oh no like how many times a week fantastic <laughs> yeah but you know this is my favorite scene because they do a warm-up to candy by mandy moore yes so if i could dance this would be the dance class i would take yeah very mandy moore heavy soundtrack given I the know. fact it's ballet in mandy moore early 2000s that was like her quintessential just that uh-huh. breakthrough was yeah. iconic Iconic. I'm beginning to be a Mandy Moore stan. Not that I wasn't. Like, I didn't, like, have ill will towards her. But (laughs) Donnie's love has, like, it's transcended. When they banged a Mandy Moore later, I was like, oh, my God. I was excited. I was like, what's (laughs) happening? Donnie has gotten a hold of me. (laughs) There is truly not a drop of sexual chemistry between these two human mannequins. Like, (laughs) Cooper gives me like big Ken doll energy. I don't believe for a second that man possesses a dick and balls. Like there is nothing oh. about the two of them that I'm like, yep, they like want to bang. But Jody bites her lip like one single time as Cooper gyrates <laughs> and off they go in the motorcycle to bang to Mandy Moore. I loved her over the shoulder look like, oh, you're looking at my ass? You're looking at me? And he's just kind of like... He has the dead oh. eyes just staring directly at him. Like, As he has his leg up at like a 90 degree angle. Just like thrusting at <laughs> 90 miles an hour. Love this apartment though. Stunning. The view is amazing. <laughs> it is. The ballet workshop quickly becomes a pissing contest between Sandy Cohen, which I guess I will call him Jonathan now, <laughs> and Cooper Nelson. So Jody, Eric, and Charlie get cast in Cooper's version of Lexi's Euphoria play <laughs> while... Ava is in Jonathan's company. If you guys had to pick, which dance would you want to be in? Cooper's is the only acceptable (laughs) answer. The rest were all, like, boring. Like Swan Lake or whatever, some shit like that. (laughs) Cooper's was the, that was the motorcycle one, Uh right? The motorcycle scene? Yeah. So him just flying over with the pointed toe, I'm like, I want to do that. (laughs) I want to have the leather jacket with the constant pointed toe the entire time, yes. (laughs) I used to be obsessed with that final dance. Dance! Yeah, the whole premise of his dance, like I can't even say it's loosely based on his life because it's just straight up a reenactment of his weird love triangle with Jonathan and, oh, she does have a name, Kathleen Donahue. I wrote it down. Mm, He's a firsty lasty. Always (laughs) Kathleen Donahue. I legit think these notes. I literally have like school notes. Kyle didn't know what podcast he was coming on. (laughs) I know, Kyle. I should have given you the heads up that I was going to be calling Jonathan Sandy Cohen until 40 minutes in. (laughs) I know we're meant to think that this man is terrible. Like all context clues, everybody's just constantly being like, ah, Jonathan, he's the worst. But like, 
Is he though? Like, is he actually that bad? He gets better. I think towards the end, once we see the conversation between him and Ava, how he accepts her into the school, yeah. wanting him, her to be a member. I think that's kind of the softer side of him we got to see. But the whole rest of the movie, he's like, you suck. You're okay. You could be better, but you're not great. Yeah. Kind of just pointing fingers the whole time. But still, I don't even know if that's bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's just that's honest. Horrible. It's just honest. He's just blunt. Yeah. He's a blunt Yeah, person. I just see those eyebrows and I can't be mad at him. I'm just like, you're taking in Ryan Atwood. Oh, I just love you, Mr. Cohen. <laughs> so while all this is going on, there's a B-plot storyline about this guy named Jim who is stalking Maureen. So she hears one convoluted joke about a mouse raw-dogging an elephant, and she is ready to risk it all, which leads to her ultimately ghosting the big performance and allowing Ava to take her place, earning her spot in the company. Like, Okay. (laughs) Surely there would be a hierarchy. Like if the main lead drops out, there has to be like a stand-in, an understudy. I would be so fucking pissed if I were one of the other girls in this production and all of a sudden Ava's just like the main bitch. And they all went with it too. They all went with it. The stage manager looked shocked. As Ava was on stage, she looked shocked. Like, she already walked by you. She was wearing white. She had a completely different outfit. (laughs) (laughs) Not like she, like, took off a robe last minute, right? (laughs) Yeah. This is not Sister Act (laughs) 2. And then in the other side, we have Eric, who hurts his ankle, which leads to Cooper taking his place, storming the stage on a motorcycle and dry humping (laughs) stupid Jody Sawyer on stage. I need to check that scene again, because like you said, Cooper clearly planned this so he could be in it. I need to check for banana peels, grease. He set Eric Mm. up, I think. Tanya Harding (laughs) who? I have so many questions about this dance. Number one, how long? was this performance because the other acts were like one single song. This was a, like there could have been an intermission. There could have been. And what was the budget of this production? Is his production alone? What was the budget? There were three sets, five costume changes, a motorcycle, a fucking subway station. And then just in that subway scene, then we had like 16 men all of a sudden. (laughs) The rest, it was just women. But for this we need you guys to walk back and forth just for this part. I will say to that first dance, I could not not picture the Napoleon Dynamite scene. That's all I heard the entire time. And him just like the body roll uh-huh. wave. This is all I can see right now. My second question about this, Jody has been going to rehearsals for weeks. So I don't understand why this woman did not get that this whole thing was basically like a grand gesture for Cooper to like talk about Kathleen. You know what I mean? Like Jody is such a stage five clinger when it comes to Cooper. And meanwhile, she's going to rehearsals every single day where she is basically like reenacting how much Cooper is obsessed with another woman. Oh, I thought it was about her. Like I thought Charlie was playing Cooper, she was playing herself, and Cooper was playing Charlie. Oh, am I just an idiot? I thought he was reenacting Sandy Cohen and him with the fiance. I guess that's what makes it such brilliant art. You just never know. (laughs) Open to interpretation. Wow. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. I mean, I guess it could be. No, yeah, yours would make more sense because he is the one with the motorcycle. (laughs) Charlie doesn't have a motorcycle. Check off's motorcycle. 
<laughs> and as always, circles become circles because this turns into another pissing contest where Charlie and Cooper gyrate to Michael Jackson and publicly fight over Jody. <laughs> and again, to reiterate to our listeners, this is all for Jody Sawyer, a woman with no personality who cannot dance. I didn't mind Jody as much as you, but her visiting Cooper at his show was so fucking triggering mm-hmm. to me. So I am going to agree and say I hate her too because I know Cooper is a fuck boy. Like, I understand why you think you need to keep your eye on him but she was standing in the wings during a show there were like women that literally said excuse me as they tried to get on stage you are a ballerina you dumb bitch you know that you know how sides of a stage were it looks like she was about to go on stage and like no, <laughs> yeah. no, 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 no just back up oh a little bit God. go to the side she's showing up to his place of business like he has sex with her one right. time and yes again he is a fuck boy i'm not excusing that but she showed up to his place of employment where she really was one kiss away from getting his name tattooed on her ass or whatever his ex said, because she was like Uh genuinely confused why he wasn't so excited to see her. And then she got crazy. I will say full on crazy because when he tried to reposition her in the rehearsal and then she was like, you can't just do whatever you want. (laughs) He was like, yes, I can, bitch. I'm the choreographer. Which, again, that's where it gets sketchy because, you know, power dynamics and all of that. But mm. I don't know. I think I hate Jody so much that I'm letting my feminism lapse for a second. I'm turning in my feminism card. I'm like, you know what? Fuck you, Jody. I think that, Donnie, I think maybe you and I are triggered by her because we are both – we've – admitted and acknowledged that we're gone girl adjacent in our relationships. So I think I'm just mad, like be better. If you're going to stalk him, if you're going to be creepy, like do it with some subtlety, please. Yeah, She should have been on one of those window washer things outside of his window. (laughs) Not, not not at his class. Well, she has the supplies from her earlier punishment. Just take that mop and get to work. Oh my God. You're right. I feel like we're about to change topics. So before we do, I still need to talk about this performance. Dance! <laughs> um, I know it's a movie, but to everyone in the audience, it wasn't. It was just a performance. How the fuck did she get, like, cornrows and change her outfit into that red dress all when just bending over? Like, she goes down in that one outfit and then pops up. There's a whole new background. (laughs) She's in a new dress. She's in new shoes, and her hair's different. It really aggravated me she pulls like that elsa move when elsa changes her dress it's like honey no 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 wait wait, where is this coming from well if that really was in real time then cooper does deserve everything he gets and all the success in life that he knows how to do a quick change truly like that (laughs) you're right you're right so jody gets called in for the big post dance meeting to see if she is going to make jonathan's company but rather than just shutting the fuck up she delivers an embarrassing speech and spills the beans that cooper is starting his own company and she is going to be his star but not his girlfriend i didn't think it was embarrassing what did she say she said you make a great but you make a shitty boyfriend and then she like runs over back to Charlie she's like Charlie I'm joining Cooper's studio and he's like oh awesome uh, okay I thought that speech was embarrassing just because like you don't need to give a speech and also for me I would want to know for the rest of my life I would be wondering but was I going to get a spot or not Mm. you know yeah that would drive me crazy I would I would have to know 
Yeah, but then if you don't get it, then then it just seems like you're just doing that other thing. Like, if you don't get it, and then she's like, well, I'm joining Cooper's anyway. Then it seems like, okay, but we are, <laughs> you're not quitting. We just fired you. So I feel like her doing it first takes that power away. It doesn't even matter if she was picked or not. Mm-hmm. I think that that just proves that she wasn't going to be picked. You know what I mean? Like, that's a move you do if you know that your feet aren't turned out or whatever. I was a little shocked that nobody else got picked for Cooper's thing. Like, it's just going to be him and her on a motorcycle all the fucking time? (laughs) Yeah. And then it was skeezy of him. Okay, I'm taking my feminist card back. I'm putting it in my pocket. It was super (laughs) skeezy of him to, like, be so pumped that she said yes to his show and immediately try to kiss her. I'm like, okay, so are we... Mm. Are we casting her because she's a good dancer or are we casting her because you want to bump Ken doll parts with Barbie, you know? <laughs> True. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I don't, my opinion of him kept going back and forth. I'm like, okay, he kind of turned into an asshole middle of the way through and then they kind of made up a little mm-hmm. bit. And th- yeah, it just kept going back and forth. <laughs> Kyle, I do have to say, I am delighted and so happy that you were our guest this week because number one, I just, find you to be delightful but also i was really concerned we were going to get like a center stage stand and i was going to sit here just like shitting no on i her. had never seen it so i was completely just like i'm gonna have an open mind <laughs> i'm gonna just take it all and in. then you saw the two hour time stamp <laughs> yep. i was eating like chips with it i'm like okay i'm taking notes i'm gonna look out the window and get distracted my scatterbrain's going everywhere what's happening there is a center stage stand here though and you just don't care <laughs> well it's me. You know, they made, there's like three movies. They made two sequels. Yeah. And then in 2020, so I guess nothing happened. Maybe COVID happened and they just said, forget about it. They were going to make a TV show about Cooper's company. Mm. Really? Yeah. But it's 2022. And still not on Netflix. So, so I guess we're not getting They've it. They've been canceled. <laughs> I think ultimately, though, like things are clicking now. I think that the two hour timestamp, you know how I feel. I don't think any movie in this world should be more than 90 minutes. Ever, just ever, ever, okay. ever. Mm-hmm. I think for me, it's the same issue I have with any movie that is about sports that has too much of the sports. It's like I can do a clip here and there. Mm-hmm. I can see, okay, it's the big game. We're going to see in a second of that. But I felt that way. Like I imagine this movie is very cool for dancers who get it, but clearly I do not. And so to sit through just several entire performances of ballet, <laughs> Added to the runtime and also added to my ADHD kicking in and texting Donnie ragey things. <laughs> that makes sense. Because like Marvel movies, I hate when they fight too many times. And sports movies, mm-hmm. I hate that. But I like dancing, so I did like this. Mm. But I think that's just because I'm interested in the source material. Th- this movie, there's definitely a couple newer ones that they have the similar storyline. I think there was an ice skating one mm. that was basically mm. the same thing. It's a TV show that was that came out, I think, a couple years ago. But it followed the same lines. It was the same type of the love triangle. They had the multiple numbers. They're all trying to get into this prestigious ice rink. I don't even know what you, what do you call it? Ice studio? Uh-huh. Ice rink studio? Yeah, because I think if I think about the plot, I think I would have, if it was shorter, I think I would have gotten down with it. But I guess that leads me to my next question of... I know that there are many, many sequels already, but who would we cast if we were to do a remake today? Or if you were going to do a sequel, what would you make the plot be? Because first of all, for me, take out all the dancing. <laughs> a 20-second clip with audience reactions so I know if it's good or bad. That's all I need. You wouldn't keep Cooper's final thing? I would keep that. I would keep that. Okay. 
Thank God. Yeah, I was going to say the final three dances I want. I like the, the costume changes. Yeah, just the numbers themselves. I'm like, yes, keep that. But the recasting, I'm like, there's 8,000 characters in this movie. <laughs> how, how do we recast this? But I want Zendaya to be the lead. <gasps> I want just a complete redo. I think she'd be great. Um, I think Ava, I think Emma Roberts could maybe play her. She has that kind of like oh. spunk. And yes. I think she could play like a kind of a spunky Boston girl. And then Maureen, all I saw the whole time was Lucy Hale. I don't know if it was the bangs, the hair. I'm like, I, that's that's exactly who I see. I see yeah. it. That's like perfect. That. Oh, and the teacher, though, Jonathan Reeves, Chris Pine. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. He just has the same eye. I think it was the brows, mm-hmm. even though Chris it is Pine does not have those like, brows, but I can I totally like see that. that. <laughs> okay. I would see yours. I would maybe throw the original in the trash and see yours, Kyle. <laughs> I also did a recast and I went with dancers and I only casted two people. So. I think by the end, I was so fatigued. I was like, two is fine. (laughs) I would do Jojo Siwa as Maureen, but I would have her dating a woman. And that's her conflict with her mom is that she's like finding herself. And then I would have Addison Rae as Jody because I think that she has both the personality and the dancing skills to pull it off. And I'll just leave it there. Good one. Good one. (laughs) I also cast Jojo Siwa as who? I didn't specify (laughs) But I did cast Jojo Siwa, and I think this should be a Dance Moms <gasps> reunion. So anyone ever on Dance Moms, Jojo Siwa, the Ziegler girls, all of them. And then as Jonathan, it would be Abby oh Lee Miller. Oh my God. Amazing. <laughs> okay. Yep. Okay. Abby Lee Miller backing her wheelchair down, <laughs> down the so aisle good. is like- To go to the police? <laughs> is one of my favorite moments ever, ever. Mm. It's so good. <laughs> it's a GIF, right? It's like a replayed GIF. Uh huh. I can't use the GIF though. I use the full video whenever I need to. Like normally, GIFs get the point across, but that's just not enough. There you need is, the full thing. You need the yeah. full yeah, thirty-second clip of then her zooming down the sidewalk to <laughs> file a report. Producers chasing her, saying like, "Where is she going? Where is she going?" And she's like, "I'm just going to the store during the middle of a show." No, you're not. Oh my god, I loved Dance Moms, but that's an episode for another day. <laughs> final, final thoughts. What for us about this movie aged well, and what aged like blockbuster? And I'll say, at this point, I was honestly so relieved that the dancing was over that I didn't even answer this question, so I'm going to kick it to you guys. Wow. My last note is, I hate ballet. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be your new Instagram like description oh god. profile. I hate ballet. <laughs> Screw this movie. Bye. Oh, okay. my God. Um, the scene at the beginning when they're all like around the table at the bar smoking cigarettes and like the smoking section, I'm like, that just is super 80s, 90s. I just got that vibe. I'm like, I don't see that today yeah. as much. So much smoking. The amount of smoking in this movie was jarring. Like, yeah. It was Ava's personality, so I understand why she did. But then there was a scene where, like, everybody did. And then backstage at the dance the shit out of it thing, Cooper was just, like, smoking in the hallway as dancers came past him. I was like, what is happening? And they made it look so cool. Like well, they did. Up against the door frame, like, <laughs> yeah. just angst, head looking down. I, like, was about to pick up a pack of smokes afterwards. No. Now, see, the only one I think made it look cool was Zoe Saldana. Because, you know, my biggest pet peeve is when ugly people smoke. <laughs> so so when Cooper did it, I wasn't feeling it. <laughs> when when the guy that got with the cougar did it, I wasn't feeling it. But when Zoe Saldana did it, I was like, oh, yeah, I feel it. <laughs> I'm the marble man now. Oh, Give me my points. I want to buy a sleeping bag. 
Also, Marines' bangs aged poorly. They were the short bangs, weren't they? They didn't come down to the brow. They were like halfway to the forehead. Yeah, it was almost Gail Weathers and Scream 3 bangs. <laughs> almost. And then what aged well for me was that there were two Mandy Moore songs on one side. Yeah. That did age well. They knew their I've audience. used that song at one or two of my TikToks. So I would say the music overall for me, since I'm 90s, 2000s nostalgia, mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, that works. That definitely is a yes. Yeah. For sure. And I think, I mean, despite the fact that I just shit on this movie for 50 straight minutes, <laughs> I do think that I have to acknowledge, like, I think that if you are a dancer watching this movie, like your friend, Allie, Kyle, sorry, Allie, if you're still listening, I am so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, she rated us one star. Yeah, right? she's like, yeah, she did. love yeah, Kyle, yeah, fuck Donnie right and Chelsea. It seems like, and I'm talking out of my ass because clearly I don't know what I'm talking about, but it seems like the dancing held up. Like, it seems like the performances, I imagine, would be very cool to watch if that was what you were into. Dance! Like I said, I did point my toe the entire time watching this movie subconsciously. I don't know why, it just happened. Did you wake up with a foot cramp? Like, Woke yeah. up in the morning and oh, yeah. shooting pains up your calf. My toe is still pointed. I'm walking like on my tiptoes. I'm going to go make breakfast now. Bye. <laughs> I felt bad for her. After this performance ended, the curtain closed and then the three leads ran up to the front of the stage to take bows. The curtain was closed and she was still on her toes. I'm like, bitch, nobody is looking. Get on the, <laughs> get flat footed for a second. Take a break. <laughs> Like, no, I'm dedicated. I'm still doing this. <laughs> yeah. I need I was like, to. Oh my God, Jody. Mm. Jody. 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 Also, I did Jody. like the translucent <laughs> curtain. I didn't know it was translucent until the lights went out. I said, oh, yeah. okay. Where did that come from? That was chic. Again, this budget. Well, he had the backing of that one rich woman. So she was just throwing mm. money, like, mm. get the motorcycle, get the subway scene, <laughs> go for it. Go to town, Coop. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> well, Kyle, this was so much fun. Please tell the people where they can follow you, see your body rolls, all the things. Yes. So you can follow me on TikTok and Instagram at Millennial Kyle. Well, thank you for being here. And thank you guys for listening. We will talk to you later. Love, Love you like a sister. sister. Thank you for listening to I Am The Cute One, a nostalgia podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to give us a five-star rating and subscribe to our show. You can follow me at Real Donnywood on Instagram and TikTok. And if you want more of my personal brand of chaos, check me out at Ono Chels on Instagram. And for uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes of I Am The Cute One, head to patreon.com slash one. And go to IamTheCuteOne.com for the most chaotic merch on the planet. Talk, Talk to, to you later. later. Love, Love you like a sister. sister. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.